Oh yeah, sweet little onions, and welcome to episode 114 of Hungry in Kentucky. I'm Sarah from Bluegrass Bear Minute Eats, and today I am in Fort Lewis Studios, and I'm joined by Carrie. I'm just quipless today. I've got nothing. Quipless. I'm oh, quipless. Like I'm quipless. I'm quipless. <laughs> Was that that Garth Brooks song, Shameless? Yeah. Right? I'm quipless. <laughs> I, I I got I got and then we have no other lyrics. <laughs> I got no other lyrics. That I, I know the song right because he's like I'm shameless. You know, he's yeah, he's and that, then there's that like yeah. guitar feel like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's classic '90s country, right? I mean, that's uh, the epitome of '90s country. I'm like a mega Garth Brooks fan. Really? Oh yeah. I don't think I knew that. Did yeah. you Did you go see him when he was at Rough Arena? No, because I wasn't on Ticketmaster oh. for like they sold out in literally one second. Yeah, yeah. For all nine hundred shows that he did. Yeah, and then that can I just go on a tangent about mm-hmm. not even Ticketmaster mm-hmm. about people in mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. the human race. Yeah, go for it. If you can call it that. Okay, you're a super fan of someone. That's great. Do you need to see that person four nights in a row? Let somebody else get a ticket and see him that's never seen him before, you jerk. Like, you know me people I saw? My friends on the internet, who I guess aren't really friends, because they didn't leave a ticket for me. Rude. And they were like, I got tickets to see Garth all four nights at Rep Arena. Why do you need to see him four times? He's going to do the same show every night. Yeah. And guess who didn't get tickets? I me because you had to go four times. Same with Tyler yeah. Childers. I've been wanting to see Tyler Childers for a long time, and there's the same group of like 50 people that buy up every single ticket, and then they're like, "This is the 97th time I've seen Tyler Childers." You think you could take a break, let somebody else see him for once? Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. This is why I quit no. going to shows. Like, you can't get tickets, and when you do get mm-hmm. tickets, they're like crappy. Yeah. So. I don't disagree with your rant. And yeah, there's there's no band that I would want to see four nights in a row. Like no. I've I've done like with Blackberry Smoke, but this was way, way back in the day where they were playing at crappy dive bars. So mm. literally there was like no cover and yeah. you bought drinks. That's and, fine. That's right. a different story because that's not ticketed. Um I've been to plenty of shows like that. I mean I've seen there's plenty of acts that I've seen several times well, because they're in situations yeah. like that and there's not that many people there but when they get big like well and also these these so-called friends of yours I, I would like to know I have a question about this and the fact that they know you're a huge Garth Brooks fan yet they did not even offer you a ticket rude kind of like the same um, friends who had football tickets to the Kentucky LSU game in 2007 and said well I have an extra ticket but I'm going to take my other friend Sarah <gasps> instead rude who doesn't like football what so then guess where I had to watch that history making game at? where Pazos Aww. with real friends yeah. because they also can't get tickets. I was there. <laughs> yeah. If I if I everyone had everyone else was if, there if, but me. If I had known you at that time, I probably because I don't, did. We have six tickets at the time. I can't remember if we still had six season tickets at the time. We may have, but if you were my friend at that time, I would have offered you a ticket. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But it's okay because I got to eat pesto bread. Mm. And a calzone. I miss Pazos so much. I really Maybe. honestly do because when That's I think. Great. I always think, oh, it'd be fun to go to campus or whatever. But then I'm like, man, but what's down there? There's like that Indian place and there's Girls, 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 which is good. But honestly, that can be hit and miss sometimes. Yeah. 
Like, there's no really good, like... I mean, local taco, but you're not going to go there to, like, get drunk and party. Well, I was going to say, there's no good hangout spot, yeah. you know, because it was Pazos and the Tally Ho was right there. So, mm-hmm. it was, like, you know, it's two really fun, good hangout spots. Yeah. And there's just no, like, hangout spots anymore down there, in my opinion. Yeah, now they're just clubs for some reason. Kids. Um, but not that $3 lunch deal where you got mm, a slice, a slice, pizza slice and, and a drink. drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a big slice too. Yeah, like they weren't planning on Now it, you, you better have some time for lunch <laughs> yeah. because you're going to be waiting on that slice for 45 minutes. Yeah, but notoriously <laughs> slow service. And there was but, a, there was a reason for that. Yeah. And, and you can just imagine what the reason was. If, if, <laughs> if you, if you know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. And if you don't, then it's fine. And you know, eventually you got your food. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not hard to figure out. College kids work there. Yeah. So, just think about what college kids... A lot of hippie college kids work there. Yeah, they're into say. greenery a lot. Yes. Um, they were very green. They were very green. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they had, good, they had good pizza. That pesto bread was quality. Oh, the um, um, white chicken chili. Yes. Oh, my white chicken chili and mm-hmm. pesto bread. Was literally their a sa- go-to. Their sandwiches were pretty good, too. Did you ever have any of their sandwiches? Probably. They were good, too. Me and Brett, mm-hmm. friend of the show, Brett, used mm-hmm. to go to pint night every Wednesday. So did we. And we would get the pint, and then we would get um, calzones. Oh, okay. Steak and cheese calzones. In fact, when we moved, when we moved to the fort, we had giant boxes of pint night glasses mm-hmm. that we finally culled at some point i mean we have a, still have a whole cabinet of pint glasses that we don't even use yeah <laughs> i use too. like the bottom the bottom third of a shelf yeah. <laughs> the glasses but yeah when we moved oh my god we had so many and they were all pint night glasses that mm-hmm. was the thing all pint night glasses yeah i got a bunch of them not but, nearly as many as like the avid collector but yeah well, probably. and you really couldn't beat that pint night deal either because those pitchers were fairly cheap of the pint night beer, if I recall. They weren't that expensive, and you got two glasses. Wasn't it like $10 for a pitcher? I don't know. It's been a long time ago. I feel like you could get a calzone and the pint night pitcher and split it. We would split it. It would be like maybe $15 each. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was dirt cheap, but yeah. like pint night, and they were like the really weird beers. They were, and really weird glasses and fun Which glasses. Which now, I don't think those are weird. You can find those at certain oh, yeah. places, but they're definitely more prevalent than they were in the early two thousands, oh. early to mid two thousands. Well, for sure, because there was no like there was no craft beer scene in Lexington then. I mean, because Country Boy and West Six still didn't exist. No, they came along after I was graduating. Yeah, there was Marika's, but Pazos was like if you Marika's and Pazos. Pazos had three levels. They had that. We always sat in the the basement. That mm-hmm. was always the place that I liked to sit. Yeah, sit. Um. But uh, but they had all the weird import beers, craft beers, mm-hmm. seasonal beers, all kinds of stuff. It was a good spot. Yeah, and then um, the um, the singers, the male choir that used to come in there and sing. Oh, I never saw that. The Lexington aficionados, I think we're called. That was like our inside joke thing. Was that we would like every time we went and sat down there, they were it was like winter time. They would like be down there and oh, singing Christmas carols. Never, never caught that show. Yeah, so like <laughs> a Christmas gift one year to me was um, the um, 
crap what you call the little book with the program, the program. Mm-hmm. for the Lexington aficionado. Nice. <laughs> so I think I still have it hanging on my fridge. That's they were it, terrible. That's okay. Well, I, I never saw them. I, I was not privy to that that concert, but uh, yeah, sounds like a good time. But yeah, I mean, Pazos is definitely definitely missed for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just they, they tried to bring it back. It didn't. Mm, it didn't work. Just no. Just no good hangout. Somebody make a good hangout spot on campus, please. Uh, you know what? I think this fall I'm going to work on a pesto bread recipe. Ooh, without the pine nuts. Well, theirs didn't have pine nuts. Right. Yeah. And it's, it was just what, like French bread and then pesto and cheese, cheese and tomatoes? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It, it was simple. It was delicious. Ooh, and the white chicken chili. Because I already make a good white chicken chili. I don't think I've ever had it there. I never had their white chicken. Because oh, chili, okay. chili wasn't something that I guess was <laughs> on my mind when I went into pizza. Um, <laughs> oh my God, we're missing it. <laughs> I'm missing it. I'm missing the cook-off. <laughs> Every time I think of chili, that's what I think I'm of. missing the cook-off. <laughs> it smells like... Where, where are my chili boots? It smells like spices and... <laughs> oh my god we're missing it it's a good simpsons episode i love that one it was a um, really good one but yeah that was a that was a good place yeah it was. I was really sad to see it go yeah me too but, um, but yeah so i got an addendum to uh to the cheesecake factory conversation that we had on the last episode okay. so i saw this article and i was like huh turns out the cheesecake factory actually has some relevancy okay. and let me tell you why and not not in the culinary world necessarily. Okay. But, and this is from the Daily Mail, more than 90% of malls with a cheesecake factory are current on loan payments, while only 70, 72% without them see the same financial success. The surprising correlation was aired Tuesday in a paper penned by Moody's Analytics titled, Get In, Loser, We're Going Shopping, <laughs> Checking In on U.S. Malls. Thanks, Mean Girls. It was, written by the store, it was written by the firm's head of commercial real estate economics and looks at trends that coincide with the downfall of enclosed malls in recent years. The presence of a cheesecake factory in a mall could be used as an indicator of the facility's financial health. Which is really interesting to me. Now I'm not going to read this whole article because it's kind of long, and then it gets in, it, it gets into some economicy things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of loan performance, a good measure of financial health, the author of the paper found that about 93 percent of loans backed by malls boasting the chain are current on their payments, compared with a more meager 72 percent rate support sport sported yes by those without. Sorry. Um, the causal relationship, Reedy explained, is likely the result of strong site selection by the company rather than the restaurant's saving a failing mall. So that's interesting, too, that it's not necessarily saving the failing mall, but it's helping. Yeah. As of today, there are 700 enclosed malls spread across the country, down from more than 2,500 in the 80s. Wow. And 200 of them sport a cheesecake factory. Hmm. Including Fayette Yes. So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's a weird correlation, right? Yeah. Um, the report also shows data that demonstrates recent transition from department. Yeah, so well, it, it gets kind of down in the weeds with some, some other financial stuff about malls. But um, basically what you're saying is people are so, like, gaga over <laughs> Cheesecake Factory that it's literally paying the bills of these malls. I or, guess, you know. yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, and it, it, it kind of makes sense. Because if you're going to the Cheesecake Factory, maybe you either go 
and walk around the mall mm-hmm. before you go to eat or because you've eaten so much <laughs> food you um you gotta walk in cheesecake you gotta walk it off i mean i, I mean, guess there's a correlation there i could see that and what better place to do that than the mall you know there's the mall walkers yeah 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 People love to walk at the mall. but i saw that and i was like huh i'll be darned the cheesecake factory actually has a redeeming commercial value <laughs> <laughs> cheesecake factory keeping malls alive since since whatever year they were established. <laughs> that's right since i guess they were maybe the 70s probably 60s i think there there was a, the kind of the mall culture started kind of in the 60s but obviously 70s I mean, 80s, in the 80s oh yeah totally yeah. And, and 80s and into the 90s and then kind of started taking a header i feel like maybe it's making a slight comeback i mean you saw Fayette Mall. We went to the Cheesecake Factory, what, a month what ago? It was hopping. It was busy, and that was a weeknight. Yeah, and it, it was a Tuesday night. If you've ever been over there at Christmas, people come from miles yeah. around to go there at Christmas time. I don't know why, but I they mean, do. There's a lot of people still going there. I don't think that was the case a few years ago, but I don't know if something's like bringing people back. Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> must be. I don't know. So, well, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, huh. That's that's really ninety percent are current on loan payments if you have a cheesecake factory. See how how many of them would would you say? I mean, could you say were current on loan payments five years ago? I mean, pre pandemic. Hey, who knows? Right. Like, right. I mean, they I, were closing left and right before. Yeah. You know, nature yeah. tried to shut us all down. Yeah. So. And like I said, that the article kind of got into the weeds with some some economic stuff that I didn't want to talk about because that's not what we're about on this show. Um, yeah, I'm trying okay. to wake up with a PSL over here, not fall asleep. Yeah, sorry. I guess we could talk about economics, but you know, um, anyone, you'd be talking anyone, because I don't know anything about it. The voodoo something oo economics voodoo economics you've never seen ferris bueller's day off so you yeah I oh have, okay but, i mean but that's the whole ben ben stiller or ben stiller ben, ben stein, stein thing that he yeah. has something oo economics voodoo economics yeah probably forgot that part i just remember him going mueller mueller yeah but really you know lexington used to have three malls mm-hmm yeah, because there was the Richmond Road Mall, yeah, there was the, the one, Turflin. the Turflin Mall, and then there was, there's Fate Mall, right. and there's only one that survives today. Turflin Mall is a hopping UK healthcare spot now. Yeah, right. And then, I don't even know what's over there, but, well, that's a church, isn't it? It's that Southland, yeah, yeah Christian church, or that's yeah. mega church, we'll call it, we'll just call it mega church, mega church. Yeah. Uh, but... I- Hyper local Lexington. There's there's some really cool YouTube channels out there that uh, go to these abandoned malls and look around. There's yeah, there's one called the Proper People. They do they do all kinds of abandoned buildings. But there was there was this one dude and I can't remember his name and he hasn't posted in forever. But he used to do a whole abandoned mall series. Mm. It was really neat. So yeah, Proper People is pretty cool. I watch them on occasion. But yeah, I like abandoned places Mm -hmm. and those abandoned malls are kind of creepy and cool and weird and yeah. you know and he actually no what what his mall series the guy the other guy that i'm thinking of sorry his first name was dan but i can't think of his last name he actually did a dead mall series so he went to malls that were on the verge of closing mm. and you talk about pathetically <laughs> sad <laughs> is that like 
The Richmond Mall. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> is yeah. the Richmond Mall still open? Hmm. It's a good question. I do not know. Actually, yes, I think I it is. Think, I want to say it is, but I don't think it's thriving. No. <laughs> it was not thriving when I was a child. It needs, so. a, needs a cheesecake factory. It sure does. Get yeah. you one. Get, uh-huh. I'm kind of shocked that Richmond doesn't have a cheesecake factory at this point. They have all the other stuff. I mean, they've got... Well, they're all they've Char- got oh, Charlie's just closed. Ooh. But they got the Texas Roadhouse. They do have the Texas Roadhouse. The they Dubs, have the Olive Garden. Yeah, they have Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. Oh, we used to come up from London all the time. Go to that Red Lobster. Go to Red Lobster. That was, that was the. Dream. I believe they have Outback. Yeah. Yeah. Because we used to, I went to that Outback one year for prom. Well, they got all the good chains. Yeah. Going on. They just need the Cheesecake Factory to revive it all. I'm telling you what, go get you one, Richmond Mall. <laughs> Statistics, this guy's paper shows you will be better if you have one. Cheesecake Factory, catch it. Catch it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to catch what we, we've been eating on. Yeah. Um, we went somewhere last week that Carrie's been wanting to go for a long time, and it was the... Zundo? Is that what it's called? I believe I keep wanting to call it Zudon and that's I know that's not right. Um like Udon. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have well maybe they did have Udon noodles there. I don't I'm know. Sure I didn't pay did. attention. We didn't have uh Udon in our um ramen that we had. Well, I can't type Oh my gosh. Yeah, hold on, I'm going to try to find it too. Zundo Izakaya Ramen. Okay, there you go. And Sushi Rabada. Yes. And then they had a bubble tea place right next door, which I Mm -hmm. think it's it's all the same people. It's the same thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that place, the the ramen place is where we went. Yeah. Yeah. And it was um, fantastic. Top notch. Yeah. It was very good. We sampled a lot of things over there. I'm going to pull up the pictures when we talk about them just to reminisce. Yeah, we did get a lot of things. And I'm telling Maybe you, you know, I haven't been to a lot of ramen places, but I feel like just from watching YouTube stuff and, and that kind of thing and people who do, <laughs> who I live vicariously through, who do go to authentic ramen places, yeah. like this place is the real deal. Like it really was. I feel like it yeah. really was. So, yeah. um don't have the menu pulled up but i think i can kind of remember looking off the pictures like we both had a drink you yep. had a i had japanese a beer. japanese beer yeah and i had a kamikaze mm-hmm. which was basically vodka it was just vodka carousel i <laughs> think i don't even know if it was blue carousel no. i think it was just oh. little drops of blue food color. <laughs> okay straight vodka it was just straight vodka but you know what that, that's how the japanese roll and i'm fine with it um but it was good and then we got some apps so what is Takoyaki. Takoyaki. Takoyaki yes. is the fried squid balls. Yes, squid balls. So it's just wheat flour, and they take them and and um, they kind of little yeah, squids in the middle. Fry them up, and there's little squids in the middle, and they're delicious. They had like a little mayo type mm-hmm. thing and some fish yeah. flakes. Fish flake benito. Yep. Yeah, on the top. So I uh, hadn't had those before, but they were good. Like, I've never had them either. I wanted to try them. Fishy, but I think it's from the fish. It flakes. was from the benito, which I yeah. think actually helped it. Yeah. And it definitely gives it from some flavor because, I mean, I'm sure I've had squid before, but I don't think it's very flavorful. Yeah. It, it needs like sauce and stuff. But Yeah. And then we had um, gyoza. Mm-hmm. Those were really good. How can you not, how can you go to an Asian restaurant and not have gyoza? Yeah. Those are really good. And then we got, I don't remember what the actual like Japanese word for meat skewers is. Yeah. I guess I could look it up. So, I don't want to. so they had a whole 
listing of skewers, mm-hmm. different meats, right? Yeah. And this, again, exotic meats. This is from from my YouTube knowledges from other people who travel. Mm-hmm. Um, these like these these Japanese um, type bar grill places all over the place, right? So in Tokyo, they're, they're I mean they're everywhere, everywhere. And you go to these places, and they have the little counter with stools, and you sit down, and they're grilling up all the meats and whatever, and you order beers, and and they and you order these skewers of all these different meats. Mm-hmm. I thought these skewers were really reasonably priced. I want to go back and try some more. Yeah. To tell oh, you the yeah. truth. I think it would be fun to just get one of each. Yeah. And have like a little, a little like, skewer party. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds inappropriate. Sorry. <laughs> a meat skewer party. Meat skewer party. Skewer. Um, I mean, we'd call it something different, obviously, but I mean, I'm down to try anything. But I think most of them are like $4. Yeah, for one skewer, not ter- not the bad at all. The only one that was like way the outlier was like the Wagyu one. Yeah, it's like eight five Wagyu, and it was twenty bucks. Yeah, for a skewer, but that's eight five Wagyu. Of course, so, it's yeah. the most like, expensive meat in the world. So we got one a piece. Which one did you get, Sarah? I got the duck breast. Yes, and then it was good. I mean, just tastes like chicken thigh. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I've not had a lot of duck. I wish I had more duck. It, it's fine. I like it. It had some flavor. It had like a spicy sauce. Yeah, on it did. It. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but it was good. I like mine. Mm-hmm. What, which one did you have? I had the chicken hearts. Yeah. You yes, did have the I did hearts. have the chicken hearts because chicken I ha- heart. haven't had chicken hearts in a long time. And when I did have them, they you know I get them fried in the organ meal or whatever. But yeah, they were good. They were a touch flavor. I, I don't know. They had flavor, but it was super super mild. Mm-hmm. And then they had that sauce on them. Yeah. So it's almost all I could taste was the sauce, but they were good. Like they weren't chewy, they weren't tough, nothing like that. But they yeah. had just this kind of mild little flavor to them. That's right. a, that's the best way I could like a mild meat flavor to them. That's the best way I could describe it. But they were good, and I totally they had beef tongue mm-hmm. on the menu there with with the skewers, and I I, sh- I wish I would have gotten that too. Yeah, I'm trying to find. They don't have all of them on the website, but um, it's Robata. Um, or maybe it's under the robotic section. Yeah, it's under the robotic section. Um, but yeah, they had all kinds of stuff on there. So a large, um, assortment of different meats to try. Would definitely recommend it for sure. So they had a, they had a bar there that you could sit at. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be super fun would be to go and get some Japanese beers and then just get, order up a bunch of, of skewers. Because mm-hmm. that's what they do in Japan. Yeah. Like, you know, people, they go out after work and they go to these these places and they sit down. They have like a happy hour or, or, you know, whatever. And they have beers and they have meat skewers. Yeah. I mean, I'm down. I'm down for a meat skewer. Wink. <laughs> Wink. Um, but then we had our main course, which was ramen. We both got ramen. So I had the spicy miso ramen. I don't read it from the menu. Ramen and spicy creamy soybean paste pork broth with roast pork, soft-boiled egg, and green onion. And then uh, you had the tonkatsu ramen, right? Yes, with the pork yep. and the creamy broth. It was and a creamier broth. Ra- uh, ramen and thick creamy pork broth with roast pork, soft-boiled egg, and green onion. It was really good. Oh, yeah. Um, and my ramen journey of late, I've been getting tonkatsu. Mm-hmm. Um, but I changed it up this time to try something different. So I'll, I do want to go back and try their tonkatsu to compare to the others. Yours was pretty spicy, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah. 
It, was good. it yeah. wasn't like so spicy that my nose was running. But you knew there were, there were spice on oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. bland by any means. Gosh, no. And I don't think the tonkatsu would be either. Did, was it no, 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 no. It wasn't bland. It was very yeah. flavorful. I just, I wish it had, it had had a little bit. I tried to put some chili oil on it, but that mm-hmm. didn't really do anything. But that pork was really good and flavorful. Mm-hmm. It was really tender. Um, the noodles were good. It was good. And, you know, it didn't look like a big bowl. It was but weird. we were both pretty full after. Yeah. Um... I've been putting soy sauce in my ramens, and that gives it a lot, like, deeper mm-hmm. flavor with the, like, saltiness and the umaminess of the soy, so would recommend that next time for sure. And then, just because, like, we're there and we gotta try everything, because why not? Uh, it's Monday, and we have to fill our bodies with junk. Um, but I got bubble tea, too, so a matcha bubble tea, mm-hmm. and it came with, like, a little lid that had a little face on it, and I jammed the uh, <laughs> straw right down in right between the eyes of the little panda bear, so. It was but it's good. Yeah, yeah, it was. I liked it. I, um, I totally really go back there. I want to, like I said, Absolutely. If, if anything, just to try more skewers. Yeah. Right? Um, but I felt like it was really pretty authentic yeah. Japanese ramen mm-hmm. like a, a jet like ramen shop that you would you would find absolutely yeah. you know where I want to go back to mm. the the hot pot place yeah the k-pot place like, the actual like yeah. grill this time yeah because we didn't do the we did I want to do the Korean barbecue yeah the Korean barbecue we thing. did the hot pot yeah we did the hot pot this next time I yeah that'd be fun yeah. yeah so we have to mention too the fun thing that the ramen place has which is the little robot that mm. delivered it kind so it's funny. It's a fun little thing, but don't think that the robot comes out and like hands you your food mm-hmm. and, and all of this stuff. It's basically like a motorized kind of tray on wheels. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like the bus boy. But yeah. It's a robot. Yeah. And it's a cat robot. And then when it's leaving, it's like little cat ears pop up and then it says goodbye. And then it turns around and leaves. But the person who's waiting on you has to kind of program it. And then it goes to your table. It shows up at your table. And then the person follows behind it. And then they take the food out of the back of it. And then they yeah. give it to you. And then they just like hit a button and it goes away. Yeah. So, um, it came up to the table at one point And I was like, am I supposed to put my empties on here? Like, I don't know. And then the, the waiter just came up and was like, here you go. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Yeah, it, I mean it was it was cute. It's a yeah. cute novelty thing, mm-hmm. you know. I think when people think of Japan, they think of the, the robots and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's fun. It's a cute novelty thing. And I've seen videos of people like traveling Japan, and they have them there, and mm-hmm. they're a lot more interactive there than they are here. I would assume because you know, of course they are. It's Japan. Well, because the hot pot place had one too. Yeah, and it was more of the same thing. Like mm-hmm. yep. If you ordered things just off the menu, like yeah. if you were getting like not hot pot or not Korean barbecue. But like a dish that they had. Yeah, dish, if you were just yeah. getting like a regular, regular dish, mm-hmm. it would bring that out. Yeah. Or sushi or yeah, something, like, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned the K-pop place. This just sparked something in my memory. I read an article that uh, really saw an article that there's this uh, a place in China who offers hair washing. Mm-hmm. At the hot pot place. Well, because you remember when we came out of the hot pot place? You reek. And you reek. So Nothing against Korean culture. The spices are just it's, aromatic. It's just a very aromatic. It's boiling right in your face, right? Yeah, it's like you're getting yeah. like a facial from <laughs> right? the hot pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's, there's a place in China that actually offers like hair washing uh, service after, after you, you do the hot pot. I need that. <laughs> Will they steam my clothes too? I don't know that. About was that was the one knock that I'd heard about the place when I went there like... Somebody was like, 
oh, it's really good, but you're going to stank when you come out. Like, you're going to have to wash your all your clothes and take a shower. And I was like, we'll see if it's worth it. I thought it was worth it. Was it taking a shower at 10 o'clock at night? Yeah. But you know what? It's fine. It was fine. It yeah, it was else. good. It was I mean, Saturday. you know, what? It, it, and again, yes, we're not knocking, Absolutely. knocking anything, but it, it is what it is. I mean, you're cooking food at your table. Yeah. It's like when you cook food in your house, sometimes your house smells like the food that you cooked, right? Yeah, my house currently smells like turkey burrito bowl. Yeah. So, you so know, there you go. it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's not a bad smell. It's just like you don't want to walk around smelling like it all day. I don't want to smell like any food. And I have a real weird aversion to like food smells on me. You like Jimmy Pardo? Yeah. Am I becoming Jimmy Pardo? Just slowly turning into like a, a man in my late 50s with a lot of neuroses and illnesses. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I have the same dry wit. It's possible. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, it could be worse people to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the other place that I went uh, was Madison Garden in Richmond. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we went on Thursday and played trivia at Dreaming Creek. Mm-hmm. And Madison Garden's like literally, like there's the, it's the Madison Garden, the post office, and then just around the corner on the other other street is Dreaming Creek. So it's all right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, Madison, that place was hopping oh, yeah. at five o'clock on a Thursday. Heck yeah. They got an extensive menu. They got a lot of sandwiches. They have pizza. They have all kinds of stuff. But everybody loves their wings. Their wings, like, their wings are because they're like fried. Mm-hmm. They're f- like little fried chickens. I love a fried yeah. chicken wing, like with the big, like crispy mm-hmm. crust. And that's exactly what Madison <gasps> Garden has. Like the ones from Richie's. Kind of. Or Indies. Yeah. Ooh, I love an Indies yeah. wing. Yeah, Their wings are, are mm. top-notch. I got a gyro. It was pretty good. Their fries are really good, too. Their fries are like... It's hard to describe because they almost have a batter on them. Ooh, I like a battered fry. Yeah, they're battered fries. Oh, this is just yeah. like clogging my arteries. There is, the more I'm me. telling you, the place is really good. It's just yeah. it's a dive bar place, love it. but it's so delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm recommend. Yeah. If you're in Richmond, recommend. I'll be there soon, I'm sure. And I'll go there. Um, I don't think I went many other places of note. I know I did go to uh, a friend's house the other night. And um, we had like homemade pizzas. We had um, an old work friend coming into town. So a bunch of us went there. And he has like, he like built a pizza oven, like a brick pizza oven in his backyard. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then I make pizzas a lot. So he like. Uh, had that going and he was just in and out all night making little pizzas and we were hanging out and stuff so that was fun and um had like all the little dough like already pre-made and like proofing and like proofing boxes oh, wow. and yep. work and then he was like having his kids like get up and put all the toppings and stuff on the pizzas mm-hmm. and they were good mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting I know a lot of people that I work with have like the uni or mm-hmm. a version of the uni but this was literally like just a brick Huh. Like, like chimney almost with like a little mm-hmm. like piece of homemade pizza. Like he it. had it built. Yeah. Cool. So that was pretty neat. It was a good time. And then um, I really, even though had a lot of little pizzas there, there was like 15 people there. So like eight little pe- eight to 10 little pizzas, you don't get a lot. So I think I got two small pieces of pizza, which is fine. I don't need a lot of pizza as someone that's trying not to gain any more weight. But I was really, like, having pizza FOMO from that. So, to watch the Kentucky game, and I guess wallowing my sorrow over that, ordered a stuffed crust cheese pizza from the Pizza Hut. Uh Uh-huh. 
And uh, I just remember them being like so good. And then I got it. And first of all, it's a little well done. I don't love a well done pizza. Some people do. Some people are into that. I, it's not me. It was fine. But it kind of just tasted like a DiGiorno stuffed crust. Which, and a DiGiorno might have been better. I like a DiGiorno stuffed crust probably pepperoni cheaper pizza. cheaper too. And DiGiorno is not cheap, but it's probably cheaper yeah. than Pizza Hut. Well, everything is. Um, so that was a little disappointing. But, um, you know. YOLO, I guess. Yeah, Jama's look was, because they're showing those, they got those, what, those, they're not pizzones, but the the folded over thing yeah. that you can eat. I don't know, I'll just call them a pizzone, whatever. Yeah. Um, they're advertising those now, and he's like, oh, those look good. And I said, he's like, we should order those. I'm like, no, we shouldn't, because every time you say you that, know. and every time we order it, and they're like, this sucks. <laughs> To be fair, the pizzone is good, but this, I know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about? It's, it's like kind of like the Papa John's pizza dia. Yeah. It's just a pizza folded over. over on itself. So, I yeah. mean, the, the marketing with that one was not good. <laughs> like, we see that. Right. We see that. Yeah. Come on now. Try yeah. harder. So, that was that was my food adventures for the most part that I remember. Oh, I ordered wild eggs for breakfast, but you know, that's not new. I haven't been there in forever. I haven't been there, been there in a while. Because I have a first watch in Richmond. Mm-hmm. And we, since they're open, you know, they're open till two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go there for lunch oh, on occasion. They're, they're good. They're, yeah. I'm telling you, their veggie sandwich is delicious. Interesting. I would never in my life have a veggie sandwich. Um, but it sounds good. Um, I had the the Mexican chilaquiles. Chilaquiles. I can't say it like Laszlo, <laughs> but you know Matt Berry. Matt Berry does a really good pronunciation of chilaquiles. Chilaquiles. Um, but they have good chilaquiles, uh, wild eggs, and it's I feel like the lesser of two evils from what you order from there because it's all just four hundred thousand calories. Yeah. Each. But um, yeah, pretty good if you like. If you like having breakfast with a Mexican flair, I'd say go to Wild Eggs. Huh. You get a lot of that. Because they have like huevos rancheros mm-hmm. and chili chilies and a couple of other like breakfast Mexican dishes that are pretty good if you're into that. So would recommend that one. It comes with like, like the dish itself is not spicy, mm-hmm. but it comes with salsa verde mm. and this like these limon shots hmm. oh my god it's the most sour thing i've ever put in my mouth like it's like so sour it's almost like it must be super sour because you love sour it's almost spicy how sour it is huh it will pucker your mouth but yeah it's good check it out i didn't feel like that there's a lot more mexican restaurants around here that are doing brunch i feel oh, yeah? like i've seen that yeah I don't think I've been to one that does brunch. I've not been to one, but I've seen them posting on, you know, the Lexington Food Group. Did you know there's an El Mariachi on campus now? Yeah. It's uh, it's above Bangkok House. Yeah. It's where BurgerFi used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the other things that were there. When I first started at UK, that was Baskin-Robbins. But I'm going to tell you right now, when I started at UK, that, there was a, a uh, Blimpies over there. There was an arcade. There was a Hardee's. Was the Blimpy still there when I went there? Probably. Yeah, that looks that seems familiar. Yeah. Coffee or whatever. Yeah. There. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm going the over there store. if I'm going over there, I'm going to one place and one place only. Bangkok House. Bangkok House, Never baby. Been there. Uh, I got I got I need to order up their pumpkin curry. Maybe we should go there one day. Maybe we should. There's um, no parking, but we should go there. Well, Ride in my car and I'll park at Good Sam and we'll just walk there. Don't listen to this, Good Sam. I'm there for official business, official eating business. Official eating business. So I like that. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that's that seems like some quality. Yeah, ending. yeah, for sure. I'm gonna spoil it for next episode. I'm going to Ramsey's after this. Fun for chicken and dumplings. Oh, uh, see, you know what I'd be getting over there? Yeah, chicken livers. Hell's yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a good choice. But yeah, I want to go more ramen places. There's supposed to be more. There's supposed to be one over in Georgetown that's really good. There's a ton of ramen yeah. places now. Just they like mm-hmm. there's a ton of Mexican restaurants. Yeah. There's a ton of mix or a ton of ramen, ramen places. places. They kind of just sprung up. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm not mad about it. No, oh, I'm mad about I'm, it either. Just like I was trying all of the Reuben sandwiches, I'll uh-huh. try all the ramen places too. Yeah, I've already tried like three or four. I tell you where you need to go. I don't because I, I this may be. The pictures I've seen, when you were on your Reuben Quest, I don't think you had this one, but it's on their fall menu now, I believe, because they just came out with their fall menu. It's a seller. Okay. And Lansdowne. Kimchi Reuben. Hmm. Interesting. I've not really ventured into kimchi much. You like spice, so you would, you you know, you definitely like it. It's fermented cabbage, cabbage, right? With spices. And Um, it's spicy. I like cabbage, and I like spices. You would dig it. I think it just looks like gross, but uh, I would try it. You would like it. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been to the cellar in a long time. Yeah. Because, you know, that ki- kimchi is a Korean. That's mm-hmm. like basically with every meal you have kimchi. Yeah. yeah. True. One day. So many things to try. And speaking of all the things to try. Was I just put something in my mouth. Way to go. <laughs> Sorry. And now it's time for our favorite segment. Everybody wants to try some food. Well, uh, that ending was not on, but eh, it's okay. It's I whatever. Have chips in my mouth. Um, <laughs> chips in my mouth. The Carrie Lewis story. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone says something that sounds kind of dumb, oh, that's great. The perfect response. I love it. I love it. I'll take it. I gotta figure out who's gonna play me though. So it feels like Family Guy whenever they did the Joe Swanson story and they they got B. Arthur to play Peter. <laughs> that yeah. genuinely made me laugh out loud. <laughs> and she was dressed like Peter. <laughs> I feel like I would want like Catherine O'Hara to play me or something, right? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like Catherine O'Hara is obviously older than me, but I feel like I would want Catherine O'Hara to play me. Catherine O'Hara as her character from Schitt's Creek. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm blanking on her Schitt's Creek. Or Natasha De- Natasha Dimitrio as Nadia as me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Natasha Leone, and I was being like, or that oh, one too. Yeah. So. Anyway, it's time. Okay, so we've got, um, well, I brought a bunch of things, but we, we narrowed it down. Set it on two, yeah. So we'll start with the savory. Uh, just saw these at the store. Nothing, like, seasonal or special about them. Just different flavor. Uh, private selections, kettle cooked chips, sweet Maui onion. Uh, this tastes like... This tastes like a potato chip to me. Like, yeah. I'm getting no, maybe I'll pick pick one out and I can feel that it has a little bit of seasoning on it, but... It tastes like salt and bins to me. To me, it just tastes like a potato chip. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I'm not getting any... I'm tempted to pull a ret and link and do a lick, daddy. Let me just lick the chip. Go for it. Nope, that one broke. You lick it, you eat it. <laughs> nope. Put it back in there and let you decide. Yeah, I'm just, no, it's mm, still, I'm getting nothing. Definitely doesn't taste like onions. Mm-mm. 
or sweet. It's Mm-mm. they're like a tamer salt and bin chip to me. Mm-hmm. I like a salt and bin though. I'm into it. So do I. But these, mm, if you're looking for something oniony, go for some. Pick something different. Get some funyuns. Yeah, something. Not these. I mean. They're I mean, fine. they're kettle chips, which I like, but in terms of like delivering what they promised <coughs> on the flavor, I'm going to say no. Yeah, definitely a miss on this one. Private selection. Fancy Kroger. But what I don't think will be a miss is this other thing. So this is courtesy of friend of the show, Heather. So this is um my sworn enemy. Yes. Brock's Candy Corn. Yes. But this is the fall festival variety. So yeah. we got... Six flavors. You got kettle corn, caramel apple, cotton candy, lemonade shake-up, strawberry funnel cake, and lemon lime snow cone. So let's start. Let's start at the top. Let's go kettle corn. You got a kettle okay, corn? Okay, I do. And so I already had a kettle corn, so you go ahead and try it, and then I will talk about it. Okay. It was okay. I didn't like it at first. Then I got, and then I was like, okay, I, I get it right. It comes on. It comes. It, it's on the back and it comes on. It's in the back of the tongue. It's not super kettle corny. No. But it's okay. But it's not great. I would prefer a Jelly Belly popcorn jelly bean over yeah. this. I don't get any real popcorn. It's definitely the like kettle corn part of the corn. Like to, to me, it almost tastes stale. Kind of. It, it's almost like artificial coconut flavor too. Yeah. Do you get that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, next. Okay, the next one is caramel apple. So that's the red one. Uh, okay. Yeah, got it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. This one's good. That's an apple. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the caramel. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Actually, this oh, is wow. probably the best candy corn. Oh, wow. Like, this is probably the best candy corn I've ever had. This particular one mm-hmm. or the that, No, the, the apple, the caramel yeah. apple. Oh my God, that tastes just like a caramel apple. That's really good. Yeah. It's a little, little it's a touch too sweet mm-hmm. for me, but like I could only eat a couple of these. Yeah. But wow, that delivered what it promised. Nice. You got the apple, you got the caramel. Yeah. That's dead on. Next is cotton candy. Meh. It's a little meh. It doesn't really taste like cotton candy. It kind of does on the back end. But now that caramel apple, ma'am, it's okay. This one's okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. not bad by any means. It's not It's not terrible. So far, it's my second favorite. Um, let's do lemonade shake up next. Okay. Mm. I already had this one too. This is good. I liked it a lot. I like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's like a bomb pop. Mm, a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Tastes like the um, the white part of the bomb, the middle part. Yeah, the lemon part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, it's it good. Tastes like Italian ice a little. Bit. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. good. I like it. Okay, next one is strawberry funnel cake. Mm. Okay. Mm. This is down there with the kettle corn for me. It's mm. still tasting. Still tasting. Mm-mm. Nah, I didn't get enough strawberry. I'm definitely getting the strawberry. I'm not getting the funnel cake part. Yeah, it's it's okay. It tastes like artificial strawberry. Yeah, obviously. It, it's fine. And the last one is lemon lime snow cone. Mm-mm. Nah. nah. I get the lemon lime at the bottom, but I had a piece of this when we first started. And that also, too, tasted like fake coconut. It's too limey. It's too fake limey. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this one. So definitely, caramel if we're going to rank them, caramel apple number one. Then would you say the lemonade? Yes, two. Um, 
And this is where it gets a little hairy. Did you go cotton candy three? Probably. Then strawberry funnel cake? No, I'd probably go the popcorn one. Then strawberry, then strawberry, then the lime at last. I might flip kettle corn and the lime. My my bottom three might be a little bit different. Okay. But the top three. Top three for sure. Top one, absolutely. And hey, Brock's. Just make the caramel apple candy corn. Yeah, that was for awesome. real. Like, do you want people to like candy corn? Make the caramel apple <laughs> this one. This will make me like it. Actually, out of all the the different weirdo kind of seasonal fall whatever mm-hmm. candy corn mixes that they they make, this has probably been the best one that we've oh, ever yeah. had. For sure, um, this one, and then their their taco truck um, jelly beans. Mm. We're good too. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but this, but th- this in terms of candy corn. Yeah, this this, this one in the tailgate candy corn was good. The tailgate, it was. Yeah, but, the, but this one's the best. Just for the sheer fact, it's got that caramel, cor- caramel, caramel apple corn and things that make this makes me angry because you know I love shoes. Yes, in particular mm-hmm. Nike shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, look at these stupid shoes. This is a visual, you guys. Just Google Nike candy corn dunks. Look how stupid those Yeah, those are ugly. It looks like someone just spray painted orange and yellow on some white shoes. Yeah, those are... Nike, get it together. How much? $120? don't send them to me. Send me any other shoes. Those are ugly. Yeah. This makes me want to hate candy corn even more. Well, you know, I didn't hate that candy corn, so that's all right. No, this was good. And you know, we already discussed how I don't hate ramen, Mm. but... We're going to find out some more about ramen in the Hinky History Lesson. Um, so, yes, I've been eating a lot of ramen lately to the detriment of my waistline, but, you know. You know That's the thing, y'all. Ramen, people think ramen is healthy. Ramen ain't healthy. God, no. It's probably got like seven days worth of sodium in it's it. It's delicious, but it and it could be, I guess, it's slightly fatty, nutritious, I but it's it's it ain't healthy. I mean, if you're eating the bok choy and the right. scallions yeah. in it, yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the seaweed, yeah. Um, so this is um, a shorter history of ramen. This hmm. comes from the Ramen Museum of New York. Ooh, okay. RamenMuseum.nyc. Hmm. Um, and this is their Ramen 101 history of ramen. So I also tried to look at the Wikipedia, and it was just so long. We could be here for two hours reading that. It was ridiculously long. But this kind of encompasses what that page said. So I'll just, I'm just going to read from this. <coughs> Clear my throat. Hospitality, the beginning of ramen. Before ramen in its complete form became Japan's iconic food, the Chinese-style noodles itself were introduced back in the Miramachi period. The noodle's unique color and texture is from adding a baking soda solution called lye water or kansui in the wheat flour. I'd look up some of these words. Sorry if you're going to hear them in my accent. They're going to sound rednecky. While it was not yet the ramen we see today, Mitsukuni Togugawa is widely known to have been the first person in Japan to enjoy ramen. Interested in Confucianism, Mitsukuni invited Confucianist Zizuizu. I, I can't, I'm sorry. He Zuzi. invited some dude who was a practicing Confucianist. Yeah, a very uh, famous Confucianist. Uh, to come to Mito, where he treated him to homemade udon, a Japanese wheat noodle dish. We mentioned udon earlier. As gratitude for his hospitality, Zhu made the first iteration of what will become ramen centuries after their meeting. Uh, according to the records, this dish consisted of noodles, soup stock made from ham that was produced by drying and aging salted pork, and five condiments known as ushin. 
which are Japanese pepper, garlic leaves, sprouts of yellow Chinese leaves, white mustard, and fresh coriander. I guess, is that Chinese fast spice, you think? Mm, probably in China? Probably, maybe. And in Japan, it's ushin. I, that's speculation, I don't know. And then the next section, the end of isolation and cultural diffusion. When Matthew Perry, oh, when, when Chandler showed Not up, that one. Arrived to open up Japan for trade in 1858, the policy of isolation came to an end. As foreign cultural exchange flourished, Japan finally repealed its 1,200-year-old ban on meat, opening the door to further innovations of uh, cuisine. The cultural diffusion stimulated the production or the introduction of foreign culinary cuisine. Uh, Nankisoba is considered to be the oldest iteration of the modern-day ramen, and it was first documented in 1859. Served in the earliest Chinese restaurants, they flourished amongst those who were wealthy enough to afford it. Despite its pricey nature, Chinese restaurants eventually became accessible to commoners over decades. The accessibility of Chinese restaurants was developed partially due to the increased number of Chinese students studying in Japanese universities. (coughs) Excuse me. Takaya Shokudo was a student-oriented diner located in the front of the main gate of Hokkaido University. Uh, Wang Wen Chai, who worked as a chef there, was tasked with making meals targeted towards to 130 to 180 Chinese students who studied there. They greatly enjoyed rosu noodles, a dish that consisted of noodles, quick-fried shredded meat, bamboo shoots, and scallions. Despite the popularity amongst Chinese students, the dish did not fare so well with local Japanese students. To compromise, the founder of Takaya Shikudo collaborated with Wen Chai to create noodles that are lighter tasting, with pork, roast pork and scallions as topping. In the summer of 1926, the first ramen was developed. The Great Kanto Earthquake destroyed Japan's inland and coastal areas on September the 1st, 1923. This included Tokyo, where most ramen chefs were concentrated in. Due to the devastating earthquakes, it cost many chefs to lose their jobs and look for jobs elsewhere. So moving out into um, the different regions of Japan. Mm-hmm. Some moved to the Kansai area. Others traveled to Hokkaido, Kyushu, or many other areas that had demand. As chefs moved to different regions, they developed their own ramens that suited the culture in different uh, prefectures. This marked the birth of local ramen. In conjunction, the earthquake also improved the proliferation of ramen stalls. After the earthquake severely damaged central cities such as Tokyo and Kanagawa, people began seeking a way to sell cheap commodities. The exhausted, disaster-stricken people greatly appreciated the cheap and delicious food that these stalls offered. Its widespread popularity continued through the Taisho periods to early Showa period. As soldiers returned and Japan quickly began mobilizing the nation towards recovery after World War II, ramen stalls were removed under the war damage revival planning and urban beautification plan set around 1948. So for a while after World War II, you were not allowed to have a ramen stand. Hmm. It was against the law. Interesting. Those who lost jobs once again looked elsewhere for business opportunities, called either markets or alleys. They began cooking ramen using raw materials that are normally thrown away, such as pork bones, chicken bones, vegetable scraps, and wheat flour. Hmm. In these markets, ramen gradually transformed into a savory, calorie-filled, and scrumptious meal. However, due to the urban beautification plan, many of them were once again displaced and instead sent to designated areas. In a particular street in Sapporo City, all but one of the pre-built buildings were inhabited by ramen shops. This marked the birth of the first ramen yakocho, or ramen street. So, Marito Omiya, a ramen shop owner from the newly developed ramen yokocho of Sapporo City, began developing miso ramen around 1954. Part of the inspiration came from 
Busy salarymen who proclaimed how much they missed homemade miso soup. He began to test the idea of a ramen containing miso diluted with soup. This was perfected over about five years, and it marked the birth of Japan's first miso ramen. More restaurants began offering miso ramen starting in 1960. By 1967, specialty shops began spreading across the nation. In conjunction with the first development of miso ramen, this was also the beginning of many specialty ramen shops. Then, even more interesting, uh, the creation of instant ramen. Ah. Uh, So, Momofuku Ando, founder of Nissan Food Holdings, you know, Nissan, Mm -hmm. the cup of noodles. Yep. And then of the world's first instant ramen in 1958. The inspiration came to him when he saw long lines of people waiting for ramen at one of the markets set up near Umeda Station in Osaka. Ando wondered if there was a way he could provide ramen faster in a more convenient manner. He developed his very first chicken ramen in his garden shed through much trial and error. Watching his wife make tempura, he discovered the preservation method of removing moisture through deep drying the noodles. This invention of instant ramen was monumental as this led to ramen becoming more widespread in common households. Even after experimenting and fine-tuning, the first cup noodle was created in 1971. This became a worldwide sensation as global demand for instant ramen which reached 100 billion servings a year. Wow. <laughs> then there was tonkatsu ramen fever. Besides miso and shoyu, or so- soy sauce, there was another ramen about to come into the picture, tonkatsu, or pork bone. Although it was originally unsuccessful when it first emerged in 1968, a successful press coverage and advertising campaign of a specialty, specialty shop, Nandekanden, kick-started the tonkatsu boom. It attracted lines as long as 1,000 people, and it became a cultural sensation, as it was <laughs> dubbed Nandekanden congestion in <laughs> Um, around the year 2000, Japan was experiencing the hottest ramen boom. During this time, the interest was shifting from ramen to the people making the ramen. Intrigued by the personality of these chefs, people began waiting in long lines to eat from shops owned by them. Some of the most popular ramen chefs of this time include Minoru Sanu, uh, Roku, Rokusuki, sorry, I'm sorry, Rokusuki ta- Take, eh, Shigimi Kawahara and Takeshi Yamada. This was when ramen began focusing and featuring ingredients that were unique, such as Nagoya Cochin, homegrown wheat, and dried Pacific sari. I don't know what sari is. It doesn't say. The increased uh, media attention and support further encouraged ramen chefs to pursue their art. Technological advancement that occurred during this time greatly influenced the development of ramen scene today. And then similar to how Chinese restaurants originally popped up for the foreign Chinese students, Japan, Japanese residents overseas started ramen shops for uh, expatriate employees. The iconic New York ramen shop Sapporo was established in 1975, introducing the authentic, foreigners to the authentic Japanese ramen. Ramen quickly became popular as it was considered a casual alternative to sushi, which cannot be eaten every day and tends to choose customers. Besides the United States, ramen shops began to pop up in countries such as Germany, France, the UK, Australia, and Italy. Given international attention, ramen began grasping the attention of highly respectable guidebooks. The first ramen shop to receive the Michelin star was Japanese soba noodles sutsa, um, and this forged a new genre of ramen called tanrei. This type of ramen generally refers to ones that are based on clear soup made from high-quality materials seasoned with soy sauce or salt. Although receiving prestigious acclamation, the thick, strong soup 
Based on fish and pork bones, remains dominant amongst casual ramen lo- lovers around the globe. That's a long storied history of ramen. It's yeah. interesting. It, which is weird because mm-hmm. it really only started about 100 years ago. Yeah. But it went from China to Japan. Mm-hmm. Then a natural disaster caused it to evolve even further. Yep. And then uh, obviously World War II caused it to evolve even further because you had necessity. to get get rid of the, the the stalls. And then you know, and then yeah, yeah, it just kept kind of going. And it then just, with the the instant ramen, that's really fascinating how like the food evolved. Yeah, it's like. One of the more innovative yeah. foods, I think, yeah. that we've looked into since we started doing this, mm-hmm. for sure. Because, I mean, at its, at its very, like, core, it's just noodles and, like, a broth. Right. And you could do anything with noodles But, yeah, it's, there's so there's so much thing There's so many things that you could do with it in terms of flavor profiles and meats and all kinds of different stuff. It's like a, it's like a blank canvas of food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you can be like um, uh, Bob Ross yeah. painting your own happy little trees. Yeah. And happy that's, little ramen trees. That's why, I mean, I have, I have the ramen noodles now here oh, at the yeah. house, but I don't even, I just, I'll throw the flavor packet away and just use the noodles mm-hmm. and then put like a bunch of other different stuff in it, you know, but yeah. just use the noodles. Yeah. But kind of create my own thing. And speaking of like, you know, the guy that invented the like instant ramen, the Momofuku Arbu, mm-hmm. um, I have, there's like a chef, and I think I've talked about him on here before, David Chang, who started Momofuku, Mm -hmm. the restaurant, Mm -hmm. and uh, now they're like super famous for their ramen, and now they partner with a company to like make that ramen and put it in stores. So they have it, the only place I've ever seen it here is Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. So naturally it's $800 (laughs) for a pack of five, but honestly the best like packaged ramen I've had. I mean, I love a maruchan or maruchan or mm-hmm, how you say mm-hmm. that. I'm a maruchan, yeah, like uh-huh. chicken ramen girl. Uh huh. But these momofuku noodles are dope. Yeah. They're air fried, Ooh. so they're not greasy and like oh yeah, like full of cholesterol. Uh huh. And um, they come in like all these like weird flavors. Right now, I have like sweet and spicy Korean flavor or something like mm-hmm. that, maybe. Um, and it's really good. It's just like basically chili crisp. Mm-hmm. On top of the noodles, and they're very, like, buttery and good and, like, not as bad for you as the other ones. Well, and that's the other thing, like, with the instant noodle thing. You know, you find those in all, like, most Asian, if not all Asian cultures. Yeah. You know, you go to any any Asian grocery store, and, like, there's just walls of these these raw these instant noodles whether it's you know korean or chinese or japanese or you know any of your southeastern asian countries there just you go into a grocery store and there's just like a wall of instant noodles (laughs) yeah exactly because i mean pretty much anywhere on earth you can grow wheat sure i mean you you see that like they grow wheat in india and all over asia and here and in europe like that's like a staple that you're going to see all over the world is being able to grow wheat. And so what do you do with wheat? You make flour mm-hmm. and then you can make all kinds of stuff yeah. with flour. So. Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of crazy how the instant noodles, like obviously was invented in Japan, but then like spread out all over the world, but especially prevalent in, in other Asian countries. I mean, at its peak, I mean, they were selling, like it said, a hundred, like a hundred yeah. million or a hundred billion, like servings yeah, of it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's a really interesting history of ramen. Yeah. And it's very tasty and delicious. And I definitely would go back to the, 
the z- z- what is it called? Zundo. Zundo. I keep keep wanting to call it Zudon, and I know that's right. <laughs> Zundo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Zundo. Yeah. Um. Yes. Very good. Definitely try it if you're into any kind of like Asian food. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. Um. Okay. So that's that's pretty much it for us. We can go through and talk about what we were drinking. Uh, what did you have? Well, we had a. Is it, uh, we didn't plan this, but I guess we had an orange beverage theme today yeah. uh, for fall, <laughs> right? right. Uh, I don't know. I just saw this in the floor of the pantry, and I was like, oh, I'll have this. <laughs> and it's uh, just the Yaritos Mandarin. It's fine. It's orangey. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I had two drinks because, you know, it's finally actually cool outside a little bit. It's like in the mid-60s. It's going to get cooler. So I have a sweater on, and I love it. My new work sweatshirt. Nice. Thank you very much. Um, but I had to get a PSL because it's finally PSL weather, and it's the first one I've had. And it's but, a small. You went small. Well, it's the medium. Okay. You know? Well, but you know. it's also a a grande PSL non fat no whip. Ah, so, so a little bit healthier. Just the slightest <laughs> bit. Tad. I probably took like thirty <laughs> grams of sugar off of it. Hey. that whip though. You know what I mean, is it whip or whip? Whip. Whip. whip, whip, whip. Say cool, cool. Say, say whip, whip. whip. <laughs> nah, he says whip the right way. He's gonna say, uh, say stew, cool, stew, cool, Stewie. Say whip, Family Guy. Whip. <laughs> now say cool whip, cool whip. whip. <laughs> You're eating hair. It's <laughs> a good episode. <laughs> yeah, I was saying ones were pretty good. Um, but then I had that and I already polished that off. But then I saw these new Seven Ups at the store, and uh, this is Tropical Seven Up, and I'm a little bit like. Because the outside is sticky, so oh. I don't know what's going on there. Mm. But it had a seal and everything, and it was yeah. cool. Well. Um, but this tropical one is, I guess, peach and mango. That look like a peach and a mango. Yeah, uh, yeah, it tastes like peaches and mango, mostly right. mango. It's fine. Are you a Seven Up person or a Sprite person? More Sprite. Yeah, but um, honestly, I'm I was a fan of the Starry. You know, they came out with Starry mm-hmm. to replace mm-hmm. like Sierra Mist. I like Slice. I can't remember the last time I had a slice. I don't think they make it anymore. I mean, I've definitely had it in my life, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, this is probably like a third, like a C tier for me, maybe. Okay. Like a 7-Up. All right. I mean, definitely. I'm probably going to go Starry Sprite 7-Up. All right, yeah. Of the lemon lime sodas yeah. that are clear. Except this one's not clear. Except Heads Up 7-Up was a super fun game to play in elementary school. Yeah. That's all now, I'm saying. And now it's making me think of those 7-Up ads that uh, I'll... What's that guy's name? Orlando, like, what's his face? He was a comedian. Orlando Jones? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Orlando oh, Jones yeah, 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 used to yeah, do yeah, those 7-Up yeah. commercials in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing I remember about 7-Up. But, um, yeah, it's also orange. And I guess PSL's also kind of orange. It's made from pumpkins. Sure. Real <laughs> pumpkins. David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> um, but you know what is not orange? Um we're not into that color because it's a dirty Mm-mm. Tennessee it is. color. So yeah. we don't have that here. No. No. We only bleed blue in this podcast house. That's right. And uh, if you want to hear us talking about more Kentucky things, I guess, you can uh, listen to uh, Girls Beer Sports. Yeah, for sure. And then um, if you want to listen to more of these, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HungryKY. Send me an email, HungryKYGmail.com. Uh, bluegrass bourbon and eats at gmail.com too i guess if you want to keep that one alive um you can follow us on instagram and facebook at bluegrass bourbon and eats 
I don't post a lot, but you know, should probably be better about that. And then there's a Twix in there too, at BB and Eats. Uh, a blog we don't post on. <laughs> Lots of things you can go, to, places you can go to see old content. Uh, but I'm getting a lot of followers on Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats. I should probably post something at some point. You know, whatever. But we're on the internet. Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats and Hungry in Kentucky. And then where do we find you at, Carrie? On Twix at GRLS for Sports. On Instagram, we're on Facebook. We are everywhere. Good podcasts are free. Well, thanks for listening to Hungry in Kentucky. And until next time, stay hungry, Kentucky.